Actually, do you want to bring it in? Because I was yeah, go because I I, I kind of got I got to yeah yeah you're I got to tee you up, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Dogs of War podcast. You listen to this on the day it comes out. It is Friday, TGIF, October fifteenth. Uh, Raleigh is just ready to explode about this last game. As am I. Uh, this is the first time we've done this on the Dogs of War podcast, where we wait this many days to talk about the game. If you recall yesterday, we dropped our interview with the Arizona Cardinals podcast to preview this coming game. But for the first time, we flip-flopped, and now we're... We're changing it up. Yeah, we're reviewing last weekend's game. Now, you're listening to this on Friday. Um, but I, I don't want to dwell on the uh, you know, the X's and O's of the game. Um, no. But there were a lot of weird concepts. I don't know. About but wait, wait, we got we so last weekend in LA played the LA Chargers. We lost. Raleigh, you were at SoFi Stadium for the game. So before we get into all the nonsense we're gonna talk about, I gotta hear Cleveland wants to hear talk about that stadium, the tailgate. Like, what does a six billion dollar stadium look like? Okay, that's a good question. The tailgate. Thank you. So the Browns I I think they were spread out. I don't know if there were a bunch of different tailgates or like smaller tailgates, but the one I was at was pretty kick-ass. It was on, it was in the pink lot. Apparently, everybody tailgates in the pink lot, but it was all Browns fans, and it was awesome. Uh, came across a bunch of internet friends, high energy. The weather was awesome. It was a blast. Uh, this is actually fun fact story. I show up, I see Muccio, the guy who does uh, our songs, him and his wife, Muccio lives in Santa Barbara. We're having the greatest time. Our Airbnb is like around the corner and our wives volunteer to take our luggage. Me and Kate, my wife just came from the hotel. They volunteered to like drag our suitcases to the Airbnb around the corner so that the dudes, me and Muccio could tailgate, which is a total time out. Awesome time out. That's unheard of. I know, right? Turns out not, not you both your wives are sweethearts. I'm not saying for those two, I'm saying in general, for to be in an away game at a tailgate and the wives just say, Hey, we'd love to take your luggage five miles of the Airbnb is incredible. All right. So it, to be clear, it wasn't five miles, it was like but what I'm telling the people listening yes. is get, get you a spouse like that to the people listening. Yes, yes, totally agree. Uh shout out Kate, shout out Jamie. Uh out kicked our coverage, tricked you into marriage. But so it was like less than half a mile. And I'm like, yeah, they can. And I'm watching her wheel it. And I'm like, she's got these two things. I'm feeling bad. I'm like, oh my God, those suitcases, even though they're on wheels, they're heavier than her. Turns out our Airbnb was just in the hood. And I found that out after the game. And where was it? So bad. Um, You're not like in South Central LA. Like it's right, like Englewood, maybe? Yeah, it was Englewood. Okay. Um, which it was fine, but I'm like, oh, this is a rough neighborhood. Um, 
thank you for being safe. Thank you for the people of Englewood for being civil to our respective wives, but that could have been bad. Uh, then the game happens. We go to the game. It's a pretty, I don't know, long walk to the stadium. It is massive. That's the first stadium. It's or, a city in itself, right? Yeah. Like I have never walked into a, you know, you walk into a stadium and it's big. They're always big, but I thought to myself, this is the biggest stadium I've ever walked into. Um, and I think they're still kind of working out the logistics a little bit. Like it made no sense where, so our seats were at like, let's say 348. I think that's what the section was. 348. Oh, that's on level six. It's like, well, why the hell isn't it level three? All right, geniuses. Um, but they had this big, like, I can't even describe the, uh, the Megatron. It, it was like, or the, the jumbo. Yeah. It, it's, it's like, uh, Imagine if there was a, like an overhead, what do you call it? Like a chandelier. Chandeliers are the circular things that hang above you for dinner. Mm -hmm. A black chandelier where the outside of it is a picture of it, where it's like the jumbotron. So I don't know how the hell they set it up so that you're looking at, because, you know, it's a giant circle, like a never-ending halo. Like, when the hell does the end begin or when does it start? But it was pretty awesome. It was loud. They did a pretty good job with uh, getting the crowd involved with, like, the the Jumbotron MC guy. Is there a title for that? Jumbo, other than Jumbotron uh, MC guy? So, a Wrigley, uh, like, the music person, shout out Dante, is called the conductor. Uh my cousin does all the shit at Madison Square Garden. Shout out, Caroline. Uh, they're just like the the head of graphics, the head of media, whatever. Yeah, but it was it was also weirdly empty. Not it wasn't at capacity. Really, Browns fans were over fifty percent of the people there. So wait, sorry, I heard on the radio. Now again, this is the, the no one saying this was actually at the stadium. I. On the radio, they said it was 80-20 Browns Chargers fans. It was. Is that too much? Uh, I didn't. So every time I tried to look to try to assess it, I kept getting distracted by how it wasn't full. You know what I mean? It was like, you know, there were a lot of people there. Gigantic ass stadium. But like in the lower bowl, there were a lot of vacant seats there so needless to say you and i both went to arrowhead for week one it was no arrowhead yeah yes there was not an empty spot in the house in arrowhead but it was very loud and i don't know if it was like the acoustics or whatever for being at let's say 75 percent capacity and i don't know if that's an la thing where it's like you know they all these millionaires have season tickets and they're too lazy to give them up to someone like that could be it. Or if, because LA is so cool, like people just don't want to go to a chargers game. Um, so that was kind of weird. The emptiness of it. Did you but eat? It, yes, I did. And it wasn't is it all gluten free. Uh, there was gluten in the pizza. It was a very mediocre stadium pizza. For those of you that don't know LA, everything in LA is gluten free and it's all like we're on diets and we're working out. And yeah, it was the good. opposite of Raleigh and I, yeah, it was a, uh, it, it was a. Every time you get pizza in a stadium, it's always like thirteen dollars. That's way if too you're expensive, lucky. and it's like you know the size of a 
putting my hands together like two <laughs> loser shapes. I'm like, all right, that's that's it's, like you get a square pizza. It's yeah. like a it's like a dollar a half of pepperoni. Um, but you know, I got the job done. You know what always throws me off, dude? And I forget about it every game I go to is that they stop selling beer in the fourth quarter. And I'm like, dude, that's yeah. when you that's when you need it the most. Like I, I get that, you know, they're still trying to take corrective action from Bottlegate, but it's like there's a two beer limit per person every time you go. If I tried to buy a beer every like, you know, I, I go to the line then I drank the beer and go to the end of the line and then just recycled the whole game. I'm thinking I'm getting 10 beers max. And that would be like a psycho who's like, how many beers could I possibly buy in one game? But you watch the game. So with all of the limitations they have, let people have beer in the fourth. That's when you, you know need who's to calm fault, your nerves. You know whose fault this is, right? Ours, yeah. And you were at that game. Yeah, Probably. I was at the, Yeah, I was just whipping beers left and right. <laughs> like, Wait, did a, you throw a beer on the field of bottle game? No, it's like 12. Bummer. Okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was a, the venue was cool, but that's secondary to a packed house, in my opinion. All right. Let's All get right. into it. Yeah. So the, the guy, I don't even want to talk the about first. the game. Well, well, I mean, we got to talk I, about it. What I do want to say since, you know, post, post Hugh Jackson era, we kind of put to bed. The whole thing we did for all of our everyone listening and you and I, we always had that. That's so Browns. We haven't had that in a very long time because we have a real franchise with a real coach and and GM and all that and players. But and everyone's seen this now a thousand times. The fact that <laughs> we're the first team in the history of the sport to score forty two points, go five hundred thirty two yards with no turnovers, and still lose the game. That, my friends, is how we can say that is the most Browns thing that has ever happened to this franchise. The return of the Browns stats. For so many years, we've been plagued by these ridiculous stats where it's like the Browns are kind of the laughing stock or the butt of the joke of it. And me and my naive optimist ways thought that we were at the end of the Browns. My favorite Brown stat was in uh, 2018. Uh, that was Baker's rookie year before Baker played. Um, it was the Steelers tie. The Browns had a, like a plus four win on the uh, turnover margin. And it, there was a tweet that said of all of the teams that have had games where they had a plus four turnover margin, their record is 156 three and one the browns are two of the losses in the tie <laughs> it's like you. that's mother. browns baby hey we wear that so here's i watched this game as my second game from my couch this season you've been to every game because and it's all respect but you're a lunatic in a yeah, good way i'm done uh i i blacked out not i i didn't drink a sip of alcohol this game i after the the clock hit zero I think it took me like 10 minutes when I came out of that like mental blackout. I was on one knee in front of my TV in my living room, dark by myself. That's, and you know, you know, I don't care. It's not pathetic. I wear that with pride. That's what that game did to me. Listen, guys and girls, that game on Sunday, 1,027 total yards, 89 total points, 52 first downs. 12 touchdowns, six of them in the fourth quarter. That was the most 
outrageous <laughs> game ever. Yeah, that's uh, that's the best game of the NFL so far this year. I, dude, I, I like if we had the best game of the NFL last year. When it we was did the, when it was Ravens the game. Like, we did. Yeah, we got to start winning some of those best games of the NFL. We do that game. And I think we were talking about this beforehand. There was something that hit different about that game from like a defeated standpoint. Um, I swear I was arguing with, I don't the Instagram handle is angry Browns fans, not angry. I think we've made that clear. I don't like pick fights with opposing fans or anything absurd. Um, but you know, we were drawn with the guys sitting behind us. They were cool dudes. They were like, oh, that's Pat's Center. I'm like, no, it's not. Look at this replay. Like, how is it? And they, they started agreeing with me. They're like, yeah, that was, uh, it was a key, but you know, it goes both ways. I'm like, no, it doesn't. Dude, the refs are still pissed about Bottlegate. I came to that conclusion on the long walk home in Inglewood. But <sighs> there were so many things that irritated me after the game. One, Baker looked great. And two, somehow. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Not sorry to interrupt you. Um, I know the the national media dialogue the last you know week has been covered up a little bit. Thank you to Kyrie Irving and his nonsense. So that's a whole other story. But now the focus has gone to Odell Beckham, and where I might be, I can't even get to that right now. I just can't. But all that being said, and as always, knock on wood, Baker had the best game statistically he's ever had. So really? of course, Baker, oh, you know, he uh, statistically lights out. Better than, uh, better than uh, Titans last year? Not sure about that. But I know that his press conference a few days ago, they're like, you played very well. But is it, he's like, yeah, statistically, best game, but we didn't win. So it doesn't matter. So, But because obviously no one's going to highlight that, he didn't have a great game the week before, but came out and played his ass off on Sunday. Now, obviously, people are going to say, eh. We didn't win that last drive. The third down and the uh, the third and seven. Baker didn't call a third and seven draw play. I'm uh. I'm hey, hey Stefanski literally said he's like I, he's like losing sleep over that call. We get that. He's Dude, came out and said it. it could, could, can you and I do better? No, but we can talk about what he said about it. I know this will be the most. I've never. Uh, really questioned Stefanski before and nor this is a long-term grievance. I'm going to interrupt you one more time on intentionally because in the three years we've been doing this podcast and just talking about Browns before and even without the podcast, um, this was the most down I've seen you over a Browns loss. And it's again, I was on my, on a knee in front of my television in my living room um, and let's, I'm going to, I think I can speak for you and myself. It was nothing. It, it was, like, we were not ashamed or mad at the team. It was just the whole damn situation between that last drive between the, some of those calls. And I hate nothing more. I, if to know me is to know that I will never blame the refs because if you play and you do what you're supposed to do, the call shouldn't come into play. But for the love of God, Almighty Jesus, uh, we've all seen the, repl- the replays and the pictures. Baker, even in my- Baker and Miles, okay, two guys who, if you've listened to even just one press conference of theirs ever, these are the two least guys to ever 
talk about the refs or anything. For both of our captains, our two biggest team leaders to come out and be like, yo, that was bullshit. Uh, that says something. That's not Fugazi. Yep. Dude, I mean, you know, people are – I also don't like – I'm not here to point fingers at whose fault it was outside of the refs, but I'm like, yeah, the defense got torched a couple of times, but they're also playing a very highly explosive offense. So, yeah, they're going to get their points. But on two fourth downs where they give them bailout pass interferences, like, well, the defense did their job. The refs just bailed them out and started the drive over except up the field 50 yards like and then geez higgins got absolutely tackled like it was higgins and Najoku. so okay and then they and they and they don't throw it for that like dude at least you could make that well at least it went both ways argument and let's say the browns don't capitalize whatever but dude that it's like that last play was the most incredible thing I've ever seen watching a football game. Have you ever, and I don't know if it, maybe it took you to the replay because you're in the, have you ever, and this is for anyone listening to ever, ever, ever seen a hail Mary soar and then hit the ground without ever touching one player. Yeah. That was also Najoku getting knocked down at the start of the play. Didn't help, but my God, if you watch that replay to have the ball, just hit the turf or grass, Without one per, without one finger touching it, I've never seen that. I know, and uh, yeah, we got to move on to uh, positive things. So yes, we have to. We have. Hey, to. What, it wasn't Baker's fault. If you're gonna point fingers at the institution, Baker didn't call a third and seven draw play. Love Stefanski, but dude, he is human, and I. It doesn't make sense to me why any head coach would call plays like. You have to be able to detach yourself. And he said in the uh, one of the press conferences that he was still like caught up in the previous play on the he he was screwed up on the on the second down pass interference. Yeah, yeah, no, I get that. I would be too. But that's why you need some gifted fourteen year old that's sick at Madden that just doesn't have emotions (laughs) to make those calls. Whatever needs to be done, like you can't put like that is a mental error and mental errors kill football teams. That's probably a Stefanski quote. Love the guy. And I'm with you a thousand percent. Credit where due. Uh, Justin Herbert's a superstar. Yeah, he is good. Um, Good job, Justin Herbert for being good. It would be be great if the refs spoon fed it us a couple of wins though. Like agreed. And Hey, obviously please. I'm not, but credit where due. That dude is a superstar. And he's like 23 or 24. And this is not, uh, there's a, the previous podcast, I was making a bunch of jokes because the head coach, Brandon Staley, went to Dayton where I went to college. Um, so from a neutral standpoint, that, that guy is a coach for sure. And I'm not saying, please, please, Stefanski till I die, but Brandon Staley can coach football. Good Lord. Yep. For sure. Uh, hats off to the Chargers and the refs, I guess. The refs. But let me, and one more thing. Undefeated. One more thing. People, you know, and I'm, we intentionally do this later because we're not getting into all the national. The, and as we already talked about on Twitter earlier, uh, Baker and Odell are what's paying the bills at ESPN right now because they have nothing better to talk about outside of Kyrie. Um, 
But I do want to remind people listening to this podcast, there are no points in the NFL. There's no style points in the NFL. It's win or lose. And all these people, you know, again, we said this time and time, time in and time out on this podcast. Social media, fantasy football, ESPN, they warp people's understanding of what a quarterback, of what a good quarterback should be. Patrick Mahomes, you know, does two backflips and then throws a behind-the-back pass. That's what he does. That's why he's, if not one, the best quarterback in the league. There's no points for style in the NFL. Just because Baker is not doing two somersaults and throwing an underhand pass to a tight end does not take away from what he's doing and the numbers he's putting up. Let's just be very clear about that. And it drives me insane that social media and fantasy football points is what makes people judge a quarterback. Does that make sense? It does. He's doing his job and the lack of support from the local media. It's not even surprising you, at this do point. Do you guys, do you guys not, I'm not talking to you and well, you and I did this many times. Do you guys remember like three years ago? I'm talking to all of Browns Nation right now, whether we're at home, at the game, at a bar, we used to go nuts and buy a round of shots for a first down. It was more than three years ago. Okay. But you yes. used to celebrate first downs. I, I, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. I saw a post. Somebody said, please be thankful for what you, what the hell is it? Now that you have, don't forget where we came from for. Yeah. Just stay don't home. Forget where we came from. Look at the Jersey picture. That's all of the quarterbacks that we've gone through. But yes, used to go absolutely nuts when the Browns would convert a first down regardless of context. And I still do pretty much, but it's uh, more with the excitement that more are coming. Yes. Point taken. Agree a thousand percent. So I'd like to uh, transition to what I believe the franchise and QB one could benefit from uh, yes. on, on Reddit. A couple of days ago, a guy user, George or Binks, Five six seven sick username. <laughs> That's pretty good. Said <laughs> Jesus Baker chant. He said, "I'm going to the game this Sunday. I'm going to try to start a Baker chant to start the game. I want to show him support. The media has been hard on him. Whether you feel the same as the media or not, if you're at the game, you should want us to win, and we can't win without him. So let's support him. Go Browns. Got a bunch of upvotes. People said like." giving structure to it. This post, it doesn't have a lot of structure, so I'm going to do what I can from social media to try to boost this little movement. Baker Mayfield, clap, 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 clap. So that's the cadence. When to do it, this guy said, I suggest right after the coin toss, before the kickoff, everyone will be in their seats. We won't interrupt the anthem or announcements. I think that's a good time for it. And I agree with that. So if you're going to this game... And you're sitting alone. And all these people in this Reddit are saying, I'll be doing it from section 507. I'll be doing it from section wherever. As soon as the coin hits the ground, before the announcer says who won what, you start that chant in your section. You do it loud and proud. Baker Mayfield. And you may be the only one doing it in your section for a couple of iterations. I'll cry. Pay no heed to the people that aren't doing it. To the ones that do join you on it, 
If you're not married and you get married, they will stand in your wedding. Those are the people you want on your side. Do it. You may look stupid. It may not pick off or take off, but you'll know in your heart that you did what you could to support QB1 against the local media, against trash fans, against all the negativity in this world. Do what you got to do. Do it. Do it proudly. And if you're not going to this game and you have a homeboy, homegirl that's going, you chant, you text them that. Baker Mayfield chant as soon as the coin flips or as soon as the coin lands, then text, try to text Baker Mayfield, clap, 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 so that they understand that via text. Tell them to do it, do it loudly. If you look stupid, so be it. Fly your flag, see who salutes. Enough people listen to this podcast where I can now officially say, uh, do you guys understand what would happen if this chant starts before this game against the Cardinals on Sunday? They're 5-0. and They're coming into a very, very hot house and dog pound. If the game starts with a Baker chant, it, I mean, I'm going to be crying at the bar next to you. Uh, this has to happen. Yeah, it's got to happen. QB1 needs it. The city needs it. The franchise needs it. I need it. Our moms listening need it. Um, everyone, yeah, call to action. Go, if you're going to this game, do the chant. If you're not going to the game and you know somebody that is, you text them to do the chant. I'm not even saying, oh, making sure they listen to the Dogs 4 podcast. Tell them it's a thing. It's happening. Tell them it's from Reddit. Tell them it's from a Brown-specific meme account. Tell them it's coming from above. Whatever you got to do, make this chant happen. I'll be doing it from the bar or my couch. I just can't. Again, we've come so far from a few years ago, gang. Forget the national media, even though they scoop our local beat writers of many decades, but whole other story there. Um, this would be absolutely incredible. And you know what? Speaking of our mothers listening to this podcast, this is the most... I I don't want to say maybe emotional, fired up we've been maybe ever, at least in a long time, about a game. I don't think we've dropped one F-bomb yet. Yeah, I was going to say, we did a it's been pretty, pretty good job yeah. of reeling back on the F-bombs. Um, you know what? We're going to drop our, our five-minute pregame episode uh, on Saturday or tomorrow, Friday, or I don't know when, before it, today or tomorrow. Um, I kind of want to leave it just at that. Yep. I will... Get this thing written up and chant. You're still listening. Chant or spread the word of the chant. The At least be on your happen. feet. God damn. And, and we've talked. Sorry. I said, uh, I swore. You said it. And it, it, well, you said a few episodes ago about the dog pound in the stadium just not being as crazy as we want it to be and what it is known to be. And the fact that when we put that on Twitter in the episode and a lot of people, replied and said yo that's a good point and it's true guys girls come on <laughs> be a part of the change what be a part doing? of the change baby all right um i'm fired up and i'm not afraid of this team at all the cardinals no one is in that locker room no one in cleveland is they're five and oh bring it on let's go hell yeah good night cleveland good night cleveland
right there, just slinging the ball around. Oh yeah, it's Tim Couch. That man is jacked, and that's a fact. Hell of a quarterback. Oh yeah, it's Tim Couch. This enough, everybody knows. This is how the story goes. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.